Welcome to the Rush Hour. Your daily dose of pop culture and entertainment news for your Rush Hour ride. Work sucks, but your commute doesn't have to. Buckle up and enjoy the drive with your host, stand-up comedian and power recapper, Dave Neal. All right, everybody, we've made it to Friday. Can you believe it? December 8th, 2023. Hope everyone's doing just fine out there. We got some Christmas music. We've got Bachelor in Paradise tea. We've got Clayton Eckerd posting on Instagram and so much more. Where do we begin? Hi, why don't we start with Kelly Clarkson? Since you've been gone, we've had a lot of news to cover. Did you see what I did there? And shout out to all of our new listeners that have found us through various means. We are here to come together this Christmas season and every day for a morning episode and now for an afternoon. Let's kick this party off with Kelly Clarkson singing Run Run Rudolph live at the Venetian. Work sucks. It's Friday. Let's party. Folks, let's get this party started. We'll get back to some Kelly Clarkson in a little bit, but we've got lots of updates here. Last night's Bachelor in Paradise finale uh, reached fever pitch with audiences not caring that Cat Izzo uh, won, but very happy for Cat Izzo and John Henry. Uh, the other quote unquote winners were, um, I mean, really, people that didn't watch the show. No, the other winners would have been um, uh, Eliza and Aaron, but they have not posted about their relationship, which is very interesting stuff. We did hear from Kat Izzo regarding her relationship. I'll share any other updates that she has. But also, we got news that Brayden Bowers is in a relationship now with, uh, uh, what's her name? Christina Mandrell, uh, daughter of one of the Mandrell sisters. So very exciting things going on with the Bachelor world. Relationships did come from the show, just in different ways. Kat Izzo posted on her Instagram story just a few of my favorite moments, and it includes her hanging out with her fiance, John Henry. I'd love to get to know them more. Obviously, the season produced quite a bit of drama, but uh, hoping she is happy, hoping John Henry is happy. And I'll tell you who's happy, Tyler Norris. Tyler Norris from this season of Bachelor in Paradise uh, posted this on his Instagram, I prayed for someone like you. And that's him announcing his relationship to a lady named Alyssa. We don't know much about her, but very happy they seem to be in love. I mean, they're sharing, you know, you don't just go Instagram official for nothing out there, folks. So that's your update on love with regards to Bachelor Nation. Now here's your update with regards to breakups in Bachelor Nation. Uh, Jason Tartik was on Chris Harrison's podcast the most dramatic podcast ever. And here's the pressing question about his relationship not working out. I didn't hear a lot of future plans. Mm -hmm. And so 
I guess the the question inside all of that is when you guys broke up, was it a surprise to you? Did it catch you off guard? Like, was the rug completely swept out from under your feet? Or when she broke up, did you say, oh, okay, like, I, I get it. I saw this coming. Caitlin meant so much to me and still currently does. And it's it's such a... I get so worried that like, I, I want to preface this. Like, so when people are hearing this, if they think I'm like skating or surfacing, I just get so worried about the repercussions of what I say. Yeah. And I care still so much for her. And it's, 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 it's really, really hard for me to have these conversations. So I'll do my best. Um, I, to answer the question though, I felt like it was, it was on the horizon. <laughs> Tough. There's Jason crying. Hey, I'm not, I'm listen, folks. I'm not one to shame men crying. Big fan of the tears here. Tough to, I mean, Jason Tartik is empathetic and he knows if he shares his truth People will weaponize that against him. I'll tell you what, when we cover this podcast, which it seems like we will on YouTube because it seems like a hot story, we're going to make sure people know. And again, and I speak to the reasonable people out there, the unreasonable people are going to dissect things and hate Caitlin. And he doesn't want that. Nobody wants Caitlin to receive hate or him to receive hate. I mean, it's like, come on, they just didn't work out. Have a listen. Sometimes dead air is telling. Oh. This episode came out yesterday, so not exactly a fresh wound. Waiting for him to comment. They're just airing you. You haven't even asked a good question. (laughs) It was a tough time. Yeah. So to go back to it. And by the way, good on Chris Harrison for not talking through this. He let the dead air air itself out, which, you know, that can be telling. It's tough. Um. I'm also bad at that. I've worked on it. I've always been someone I hate showing my emotion. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. Mm -hmm. I remember at The Bachelor, people would be like, I remember someone was like, he's trying to force tears. I'm like, no, I'm trying to hide every tear. And then when the camera's off, I'm going to go nuts and cry. I'm trying to get better at it. I felt like that at my wedding. I read read my vows 50 times thinking I won't break down. And of course I did. I cried like a baby. So, yeah, I am. I am very sensitive these days, especially this topic, but you loved her so much. And so clearly the emotions still run deep and naturally. Yeah. Fuck. Um, we don't even know who broke up with who. So yeah, I saw, give me a second. (laughs) We need another tequila shot. Give me a second. I'll get it together here. All right. Get it together, folks. I saw, I saw it. Yeah. It was the way I would say is there was a lot of, um, Deteriorating complacency. Fuck. <laughs> so that's my answer. <laughs> <laughs> Look, deteriorating complacency. Um, so yeah, I did, but it, no, there was definitely no sweeping. Uh, there was no shock. Yeah. And maybe that's what makes this relationship and breakup so hard is that there wasn't a cheating scandal or a big blow up fight. It was just two lovers that drifted off with different priorities. Look, 
uh, I got priorities, and that is to celebrate those that have got my back. And I want to talk about reality, Steve, right after this. Well, as you guys may or may not know, I believe I mentioned it briefly on the morning episode. There was an article written, and by article it means just a blog by uh, you know uh, Jane Doe, the lady who accused Clayton of being the father of her unborn twins. And while I don't want to get into the X's and O's of it, I did get into the X's and O's of it on the YouTube channel today, a 55-minute long video where I read her quote-unquote article, her blog, or manifesto, whatever the hell you want to call it, and I just broke down where I felt like she was bending the truth into her favor. That's why a judge is important. They can look at somebody's truth somebody else's truth and find out where the actual truth really is. And she, what was telling is that uh, Jane Doe said she doesn't want to sue me for defamation. So that was nice. My belief is that because it would unearth a lot of information that she wants hidden, information that is already out there, information I've shared and talked about, and you can't defame someone if you're telling the truth, right? Well, um, she also said she's no longer going to be commenting on the Clayton Eckerd paternity case. She's no longer going to be commenting on her pregnancy. To me, that means she's not going to address what happens in the coming months if there are no babies and all that jazz. Um, We'll have to see. I mean, look, I'm not going to harass her. I'm not going to come after her. We'll just report when there is no news and when there are crickets. Sometimes no story is the story. We'll have all of that. But I did want to personally, and I already have personally thanked him, but I did want to, I did want to publicly state my gratitude for Reality Steve, aka Steve Carbone, spoiler king of Bachelor Nation, right? Um, three years ago, when my channel started to take off, I remember Reality Steve was having a clubhouse uh, chat. Remember when Clubhouse was big? You know, it's like a group chat. And I remember it was during kind of the height of the pandemic. Um, my channel was starting to take off, but it hadn't quite gotten his attention yet, right? I was like just starting to make kind of more regular content. And I remember I was actually taking a scooter to a dentist appointment. I was getting a tooth pulled or something. I don't remember. And I said, you know what? I'll take a scooter there because it was, like I said, during the pandemic and I didn't have much going on. I had all this free time. So I took one of those bird scooters and I was listening in my headphones to Reality Steve talk. And I remember he was answering, you know, people, he was letting people talk to him and, you know, some were like quasi celebrities and fans and this and that. And I tried to get in, but he was so popular. I couldn't get in and he, and he didn't know me or whatever. And, um, I just remember, I remember at, at the time I always respected and appreciated the fact that he was so, um, you know, on top of things in the bachelor world. And he, and, and it does a really good job. And of course, you know, some things came out that were like, oh, he was, uh, you know, uh, uh, rude to me, or he, he, he crossed the line here, you know, things that would be sort of like, you know, worthy of a conversation, but not, not worthy of cancellation. You know what I mean? Like worthy of just being like, yeah, you know, you, uh, you know, rightful criticism. So when I got wind of this and I covered his case and by his case, I mean, you know, the court of public opinion, some people that were kind of coming for him, I, I gave him the benefit of the doubt and I listened and I understood that he pledged to like no longer report stories that are just rumors. He pledged, he, he basically did a lot of things that like Perez Hilton did, which was like say, Hey, you know, people used to be reckless with a lot of this content and we need to do a little bit better of being more respectable in our journalism and coverage and this and that. Well, several years since then, he's done such a good job. And I've been the first to say, look, if we are to call people out, if they cross a line or, or 
fly a little too close to the sun or whatever it may be. If we are to call people out, we also should champion when they've corrected uh, the course. You know, I've made these mistakes myself and I've corrected the course and this and that. I think that's a good thing. And in doing so, I gave him, you know, the benefit of the doubt. A guy I've never met before. I wasn't licking his boots. I wasn't trying to, you know, I wasn't none of that, right? I was just being an honest guy. I gave an honest guy a shot. And again, I I don't have much, at the time, didn't have a big of a platform. So it wasn't that big of a deal. But I just, I preface all that to say there was, there is no backdoor dealings like I got your back. So you have mine. I gave him a shot he's given me a shot. He He's helped my family out in more ways than he can imagine. He's had me on his podcast probably a dozen times at this point. Um, we've gotten to know each other. He's shared his fan base with me. He's operated in any way but a scarcity principle. He's operated with abundance. Unlike some other content creators that are afraid to say people's names because they're afraid that their audience is going to be lost, he's he's confidently does what he does, radio, blogs, and he's damn good at it. He's damn good at it in a sense with the, with where he's gone with the ethics of his reporting and this and that. And some people on the internet just don't want to accept progress. And I have, and I will, because progress is all about collectively moving forward, not about admonishing people or ostracizing them or whatever, because of, 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 you know, there are very few offenses, only the big ones, folks that are not uh, sort of recoverable from and offenses like these, which are, you know, trying to do a better job using your platform. I, I have, I've had nothing but good things to say about him. And, you know, when there are stories that aren't quite ready to share, he'll run him by me and vice versa. And in this case with the Clayton Eckerd scandal, he kind of watched it all play out and he's just seen that I've gotten the short end of the stick. Uh, in some ways, I'm not trying to be made out to be a victim here, but in some ways uh, with, with truths being misconstrued and this and that, he's seen the injustice as it has played out and he's used his platform to expose that. And today he spent 15 minutes and he went hard. And I have one sound clip I wanted to play for you. Here it is. It is full of garbage. Garbage. So congratulations to Steve Carbone for making it onto my soundboard. Garbage. 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 So now whenever we read something we don't like, we have a... It is full garbage. There it is, folks. Uh, okay, so anyway, a big thanks to him for, for his uh, honest coverage and for his... You know, just giving me a shot, and uh, I appreciate that. And uh, if you haven't listened, you can go check out Reality Steve's podcast. In other news, Taylor Swift has a $1 billion Eras tour, and she has shattered the record and could double it next year. This is absolutely insane. Not everybody respects what Taylor Swift does. Maybe the music's a little simple. I don't really know. Uh, the wins keep coming for Taylor Swift, whose Eras tour has already raked in an estimated $1.04 billion in gross ticket sales. According to live music trade publication Polestar, it's the first ever tour to smash the billion dollar milestone. The sky high numbers have topped all previous tours and ticket sales for the 12 month period from November 17th, 2022 to November 15th, 2023. That includes Beyonce's Renaissance tour, which takes second place. It's estimated that Tay's tour has sold a whopping 4.35 million tickets from 60 shows with merchandise sales racking up to $200 million during the yearly run. Wild stuff out there for Taylor Swift. I got one more Taylor Swift update. We'll do that right after this. Taylor Swift trained for Eras Tour by running marathon lengths on a treadmill while singing her entire set list. It's like, we get it, Taylor. You're better than us. 
Oh, boy, not only the time person of the year, but also, I guess, the fitness person of the year during her interview with the magazine announcing her the honor, which has been given to U.S. presidents, business magnates, and an influential activist. Swift detailed the training regimen that helped her prepare for the Eras Tour. The Blockbuster Tour, which kicked off this summer, includes 151 shows across five continents, uh, which features 44 songs set lists spanning her entire discography. Swing sings, dances, and struts along a stage the length of a football field throughout the sparkling three-and-a-half-hour affair. All right, great workout. So that's just, she says, for fa- um, every day I would run on the treadmill singing the entire set list out loud. Fast for fast songs and a jog or a fast walk for slow songs. Hey, we should all try that. That's one way to piss off your neighbors over there at the uh, uh, Planet, uh, uh, Planet Fitness. They're like, what's going on? and you're just like singing, you know, teardrops on my guitar. All right. Well, we actually have an interesting update here from Tom Sandoval. He's claiming that Raquel Evis, aka Rachel, is the one who initiated their cheating um, from this past season of Vanderpump Rules. Have a listen. Rachel's coming out with a new podcast. Yeah. Are I, you I just, concerned about that? Is I, it going to stir up I'm things? not because, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I just think it's a really bad look on her part to just keep pushing blame on everybody else. Do you think she's she loved you, or do you think she's she a wanted the attention? Woman. You know what I mean? She's not- so, so uh, he uh, calls her a 29-year-old woman, and she's placing blame on everybody else. And it's like, bro, you're a 42-year-old man, and you're placing blame on a 29-year-old woman. Like, you don't want to play this game either way. A uh, little bit of an echo here, but it's still worth a listen. Not 16. Like, right. people seem to think that she's like, I don't know. But, but do you think she loved you or do you think she wanted fame? I, that's not one or the other. I think like, Let's see how that plays out this season. Yeah. I think I, He says he thinks she loved him and wanted fame. I, think, I hope she did. I don't know. I I mean, why did she, she walk away from you? The way she just like shooed me away. Like, yeah, that's why my question is why did she just walk away from you? I don't know. You guys I'm not in her head. Strong... Like, I, I think a lot of people that are in her life were not in her life during this whole. Gotcha period of time like she really came into her own like she became went from being i had this happen in my life like it happened to me in eighth grade i went from being this like ew girls like and then all of a sudden i was like this really confident guy i was like a great dancer i was super i became like super popular in my school and then and then i like the confidence went too far like i i needed to get checked you know what i mean i I became a, a bit of a a douche, least, douche. Yes, exactly exactly <laughs> and i got checked but that happened to me at a much earlier age that happened to rachel like last year yeah. all right so he's saying he's such a great dancer and everyone's like no you're not and then he got too confident he was he actually got too cool you know like she went she came into her own and she got this confidence and like and she went too far you know she went too far and, and got herself in a in a position but but Schwartz, she did that herself. As as a she friend to come Tom. on to a guy in a relationship, like she did, and she came on to a guy in a relationship that was severely, you know, like I was depressed. I had no confidence. Did she make the first move? So, so low self value, and yeah, she did. She, she made, made the first move. Well, there it is, folks. Tom Sandoval says Raquel Levis, Rachel, made the first move in their cheating scandal that happened and blew up the world last year. Of course, we can't wait to see how it plays out on Vanderpump Rules. She did not come back for this season, but Tom Sandoval was back with his ex, um, Ariana. Very interesting stuff, folks. Very interesting indeed. And we've got, I mean, look, so much news to get into. I don't even know where to begin. This is a story I've had for a few days, and I've wanted to cover it. Tim Allen was so effed 
effing rude on Santa Claus's set, says Casey Wilson. It was the single worst experience I've ever had with a co-star. That's pretty wild. Let's listen to this story. Wilson accuses actor Tim Allen of being rude AF on set. On a recent episode of Wilson's Bitch Sesh podcast, she opens up about her experience working on the 2022 Disney Plus series The Santa Clauses, which is a television sequel to the Santa Claus franchise starring Alan, playing divorced dad turned father Christmas, Scott Calvin. The best part of Christmas is spending time with your loved ones. Checking it twice. Which is why I'm so geeked to turn Santa into a family business. I want Sandra to be in charge of the reindeer. Oh, yes! Our family is full of magic. We can handle this. Gary! Get my jetpack! Gary, get my jetpack! Gary, find the nutcracker! Gary, stop eating pudding out of the trash! When does it end? So this is uh, the new Disney. Is it on Disney Plus? The new Tim Allen Santa Claus series, which, you know, it's interesting, uh, but very fascinating. Some of the uh, accusations she made, she said, Tim Allen was such a bitch. It was the truly single worst experience I've ever had with a co-star ever, Wilson said, noting that she had buried this story until now because a producer on the show is a great friend of hers and because her kid kids love the movies. Here's her story. She said, so I'm in a scene. And by the way, I love Tim Allen. Are you kidding me? I love Tim in uh, Home Improvement. Oh, 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 you know, I love oh, she's Tim, the tool man Taylor. Uh, but I tend to believe her here. She said, I'm in a scene. It's just me and Tim Allen and I'm supposed to throw things at him. Wilson remembered. I think he's a burglar. So he's coming down the chimney, obviously a Santa. And I'm woken up thinking there's an intruder, basically like a home invasion scene. So I'm throwing things at him. He goes over to the producer who is standing four feet from me and goes and i hear him he goes you got to tell her to stop stepping on my lines the producer turns to me with horror on his face and has to walk one foot to me and he goes um tim would ask that you stop stepping on his lines wilson said everybody was walking on eggshells around alan on set and people just looked frantic she adds when he was done he was so effing rude never made eye contact never said anything it was so uncomfortable it's the end and tim allen goes leaving takes his santa cape picks it up and drops it on the floor and walks out and they hustle in his stand-ins lovely man who is much nicer to act against people are scurrying to pick up his velvet santa coat he's a bitch and this is the best i will not say who said this this was someone that i do not know perhaps in the crew he or she breezes past me and just goes you're seeing him on a good day oh my gosh it is full of garbage does anybody else Does anybody else really want to watch this new Santa Claus uh, series? Uh, it's called Santa Claus is on Disney Plus. This is the type of uh, PR that goes a long way, if you ask me. All right, folks. Well, we made it to Friday. Now, yesterday, I posted that I was going to be interviewing um, uh, Cassidy Timbrooks. Uh, do I have that right? Uh, Cassidy Timbrooks was supposed to be my next guest. I can say without a shadow of a doubt that I messed up the interview and I was supposed to interview at the wrong time. It's completely my fault. So we'll have her next week. Uh, but I've got a different guest you're going to love tomorrow on Driving with Dave, which means I have to go edit it, go shoot it, edit it and all that jazz. So busy afternoon for me, but you'll uh, be able to listen to that podcast tomorrow. It's going to be a very fascinating story. You know me, I care so much about getting you guys interesting stories and trying to lift everybody up. I haven't shouted it out on this episode 
episode, but as you guys know, we have our Christmas wish list. So that is available uh, for all of our single moms that are out there. Uh, you can go buy them a, 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 a item on their toy drive. It'll go directly towards them. And we'll have a toy drive on Saturday, a live stream here, which is uh, uh, here being on YouTube. And I'll be uh, kind of promoting them if anyone wants to come on there live and buy a present. And also Saturday tomorrow, I will be live on the Tasha Courtney and Dave Neal Do Fun Things YouTube channel making gingerbread. We will make it family friendly, play some Christmas music, and we'll be making a gingerbread house for maybe an hour or so. All right. Well, without further ado, let's wrap up this episode. It's Friday. We are enjoying some Christmas music. Have a good one, everybody. We'll be back tomorrow. As always, I'm Dave Neal. this episode please leave a five-star review on apple podcasts and if you didn't don't join the free facebook group dave neal's community got cash become a premium member at patreon.com slash dave neal link in the description below and don't forget to follow dave on instagram at d neals for upcoming stand-up shows see you tomorrow on the rush